0: Do I sound like I have an
1: English accent? Every time you speak, all I, like, I hear you speaking, but all I hear is, Dan, some crumpets. How would you say boom in an English accent? Hmm. Well, that is not how you would say it, right? No, 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 no. (laughs) I'd I'd, I'd probably say, boom. Boom. Hello. Boom. Cheerio. How did it feel holding down the fort without me here for a week? Rob, you got to do me a favor. I need you to never go away again. We are just two peas in a pod and I felt like I was by myself alone for a week and it was terrible. I missed you, dude. But now you're back and I kind of all that kind of goes out the window. So <laughs>
0: Cast Royale,
1: the Clash Royale podcast for casual players. I'm Rob. And I'm Joe. And this week we discuss challenges, esports, and an awesome deck spotlight. Boom. Boom. What's going on, man? Nothing. Feels
0: good to be back to episode 38 after <laughs> our wonderful false
1: start last week. Big three-eight. I know, man. All we wanted to do was release that episode, but we just couldn't make it happen. Oh, it was it was uh It was a terrible
0: feeling to tell everybody that we couldn't uh, release the episode. Um, And for people that didn't know, um, if you follow us on Twitter, uh, we post there all the time, especially if something crazy like that happens. So they were one of the first people to know other than our Discord. Um, But other than that, it's water under the bridge. Uh, We did have a pretty cool special guest uh, that we're going to have to wait until, I guess, the next time our schedules align. Uh, so hopefully we can get them back on the show
1: because that was a rocking episode. And I think it's going to be awesome the next time we do it. I mean, that's what happens when you record an entire episode and, and something goes wrong with the audio. I mean, it, it's happened before. It'll probably happen again. But, um, you know, like you mentioned, the next time we can get our special guests lined up with our schedule, we will uh, we'll gladly have them back on the show. Boom. So it's pesky
0: goblins again, man. They keep stealing the audio.
1: I know taking the audio from us. It's just not cool, man. Get those pesky goblins. We need, to, we need to roll a log through them. Uh, <laughs> or, or zap. See what I did there? No, zap's not as effective anymore, dude. Mm, uh, depends on the goblin. Well, that's not true. unless <laughs> it, well, That is true, I guess. Right? It because is true. If it's a stabby goblin, it's not as effective. But if it's a spear goblin, t- super effective. Yeah,
0: spear goblins are in the ground by the time you throw a zap down.
1: Boom. So, before we get into our weeks in the arena, I have a very, very serious question for you.
0: Yes, and I will not have a serious answer. London, go. Oh, man, um, right. That was like a week and a half ago, or two weeks ago by the time this comes out, right? So, yes. dude, this can I just be perfectly honest with you? I don't, like, I, we live like an hour away from New York City, right? Right. I only really like to go visit the city every once in a while. It's not like a big thing for me. When I went to London, I understand that I was like on vacation or quote unquote traveling, depending on your definition of a vacation. But I loved it so much. I could live there. Like I would actually live there. Yeah. It's beautiful. And everybody is so nice. All you people in England or London. I love you guys. That was a fantastic trip. And let me tell you, one of the best things I did. I know it's going to sound cliche because I'm in I'm in England. I went to go see the Harry Potter uh, studio tour. Dude, tell me how was it? It was ridiculous. Just imagine, you know what you know what an airplane hangar is. Could you imagine the size of one full airplane hangar? It's huge. Imagine one and a half of those. Okay, those are two separate studios that are filled to the brim. Of Harry Potter things. And I'm talking things like actual costumes, the full sets of stuff. Like, I had no idea. I thought it was going to be, like, recreations of certain things. Like, you know, the way that they do the theme park down in Florida, right? Sure. This was not that. This is where the actors worked for 10 years. They had the actual set. Dude, when we first walked in, I walked into the Great Hall. The Great Hall.
1: Like, where they shot the set?
0: Yes. Like, it's all stone and and wood tables and they had the the garments that everybody wore all the teachers were at the end they had the 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 uh, stained glass windows and ironically there was no roof because the ceiling is cg'd because it had to show like it was weather
1: that is crazy yeah Dude, it was really cool. i am i am so jealous you must have been like a, a kid in a candy store i wish i could have been there i've never been to london but Uh, Just from the pictures you've shown me, I mean, it it looked tremendous, it looked beautiful, and I wish I could have been there. Well, I can tell you, I mean, you know, my girlfriend and I are huge Harry
0: Potter fans, and on average, it's supposed to take people about three hours to get through the entire tour. Guess how long it took us? Three and a half. Five and a half hours. Dude, you spent like a half a day there. <laughs> we did. It was like the second to last day that we were in London, and we figured we wanted to see everything that was in there, and we wanted to absorb it all, and we read every little book, every little sign. We took pictures in front of every... I literally have pictures of the entire studio. And I also got my first cup of butterbeer.
1: Boom. Was it good? It was amazing. It was like buttered root beer. Now that's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, when you were in London, did you get any chance to like get into the arena at all or? (laughs) No, (laughs) no, no,
0: needless to to say, the only thing that I could do is just monitor the clan chat and open up my free chests. Uh, But no, no real playing because I was busy being a world traveler, I guess. Can't say I blame you, dude. Yeah. So you're going to you're going to have to catch me up to speed on everything that happened in this game. Well, fortunately, a lot happened, so I can bring you up to speed on a lot of it. Boom. Good, I'm excited. So,
1: what about your week? Dude, I don't even know how to say this, okay? I think the last time that we spoke about where I was in the, in the arena in the ladder, I was around like the 4,700 was the highest that I've gotten to. Yeah. This week, I made it past Challenger 3. I hit Master 1. And, and, are you ready for this, dude? I'm ready. I have officially swagged on in with a big boom into the 5,000 trophy range, dude. Whoa, you made it to the 5K club. In the 5K club, I got to tell you, man, I, I I can't stress this enough. I didn't think it would even be possible for me to get there. I thought it would take me another three months before I could get card levels that would take me there. I am still using the Mortar Mauler that we featured on our year one episode with Woody. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. it is such a tremendous deck. And I got to tell you, I, I feel like I have it down to a science now. Most of my commons are level 12 or 11. I have a level nine rocket, which I just upgraded, which is the only rare in the deck. And I have it at level nine. That's awesome.
0: I only need four more rockets to get level nine.
1: Boom. And I do have a level two log, which is pretty standard at this level. So I don't have to worry about like, you know, level three princesses or anything like that. Yeah, I do true. find that I'm playing versus people that are much, much higher level than me. <laughs> most of them are, most of them are all maxed out cards. I'm sure. Um, and I find myself playing like where the only way that I can win is by beating them in a fundamental game, right? As opposed to just a flat out war, right? Right.
0: It almost sounds like you need a little bit more stamina to beat them.
1: Oh, much more stamina, dude. Because like you can't just play the game. You have to fin- You have to try and f- figure out a way to. Place your cards perfectly to get most, most of the value out of them. You have to figure out ways to finesse, you know, elixir advantages when you really can't. <laughs> I mean, yeah, look,
0: or play a lot more defense until your opponent messes up and then you strike while the iron's hot.
1: And that is exactly how I play with this deck. I mean, if I notice that they have a Royal Giant or they have a Golem or they have things that I don't like, <laughs> like a Balloon or a Lava Hound, I play defensive. I, I look for a way that I can develop the elixir advantage, which will allow me to overcome the level disadvantage that I have mm-hmm. and that and, and and you know, hopefully let me take the game. And fortunately, it's worked out. But I got to be honest with you, ever since I hit 5000 trophies, I have not played one game in the ladder. You can't. No, you can't. I, I, I have to finish the season there, right? Like, I, <laughs> I don't want to lose it. So I've just no, been playing you're right. challenges recently. I would do the same thing. Oh, and
0: I almost forgot. Um... I think last time we talked about my highest trophy count being 4545 which was a cool number. Mm-hmm. I after London I was able cuz I you know I didn't play for a while so I was able to get myself back up to 4539 until Supercell took it away from me.
1: The trophy death spiral. <laughs> Dude, I
0: was 6 well 6 away from tying it but 7 away from beating it.
1: And right, and you can't get 7 trophies so one win away from getting above your high, right? And I'm
0: pretty sure that the game that they logged me in against was like, uh, was like a level 13 dude with, I mean, I guess it could have been a gal, right? So a level 13 person, and they had all maxed cards. Everything was maxed. And I was like,
1: hmm, this isn't messed up. Right, and I bet you it was like a Lava Hound. It was like a Lava Loon or like a Lava Lava deck. It was like it something was, <laughs> it was just stupid, it was, right? It was everything. Everything that I dream about in my nightmares. So it was, a, it was the ultimate MOOB, you're saying? Oh, It was, ter- was MOOB in all capital letters. <laughs> Caps lock on MOOB. I like it, dude. But aside from that, dude, other big news, major announcement. We just wanted to let everybody know, my wife and I are moving down to North Carolina from New Jersey. We're transferring somewhere for work. We will be moving to North Carolina, so a little bit further south than where we currently are. Um, we didn't want to live in Jersey forever. And, you know, an opportunity came up for work that I, that I, that I wanted to take and we wanted to get out of Dodge per se. So at the end of June, we will be pulling the trigger. We will be moving down there and we are just super, super excited. Mm Mm-hmm. And I am super, 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 super sad
0: because Joe is disappearing, but we still have the podcast, which is pretty awesome. Um, and plus, I'll have a nice place to come and visit. Uh, but let me tell you something. Let me ask you, let me ask you uh, a question. Tell me or ask me. No, I'm going to tell you a question. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a sentence. Are you ready? I'm ready. Do you know what North Carolina is famous for? Or I should say one of the things that North Carolina is famous for?
1: Is it going to be like hot sauce or something? It's nothing ridiculous. No, it's just a cool fact. Tell me. You ready? I'm ready. Like ghost peppers? Like, am I re- Are you ready like ghost peppers? Is that what you're asking? <laughs> All right. I'm, I am ready
0: for your answer. Okay. So the Wright brothers had their first successful flight in
1: Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. Dude, I can't believe I didn't say that first. <laughs> <laughs> I did know that, but it is a fun fact and boom. Oh,
0: I don't know if anybody knew that, but if you just type in North Carolina Famous Four, it's the
1: first thing that comes up in Google. So I like that's my fun fact. uh, Need to know for Cast Royale. Very good. So that is our weeks in the arena, along with a little bit of news from us. So And I guess it's also worth mentioning that we don't know how the move
0: is going to shake out in terms of the schedule for the podcast, right? So it's probably worth mentioning now that we're going to play it by ear as the weeks progress. That's right. Mm -hmm. And any information or changes, you can find that on our Twitter account or join our Discord. Boom. Boom. So, please explain to me what happened while I was away in London, um, because I feel like the game just kept going, the world of Clash just kept on moving, and Rob was looking at the eye of London.
1: Dude, there were so many things that happened in the game. A lot of events, a lot of challenges, and they were all kind of different, had their own element to them that made them unique, which was really cool because it kind of, it made it a little bit more fresh, right? Right. And, And I think by doing it a whole bunch of different ways, you find out what people like. So, you know, they did have a couple of different challenges. There were four in total. One was the Hog Rider challenge. There was the Wizard challenge, the Double Elixir Draft challenge, And they also had the mini P.E.K.K.A. challenge most recently. And the thing I found most interesting about these these challenges were, like I said before, how different they were. Mm -hmm. So the Hog Rider challenge was a draft challenge. Right. But I feel like most recently, most of the challenges have been in the draft form. Right. Where in order to get the cards, you basically just played them and you picked a draft and you either picked good or picked poorly. And. At the end of the day, you were either very lucky with a little bit of skill or not so lucky and you either turned out really well or you didn't. So I think the draft challenges are good if if you can kind of piece together a a nice puzzle and you're good with a bunch of different cards and you're familiar with them. But the draft challenge isn't for everybody. And there's also a
0: a fair amount of luck involved, too, especially if you wind up getting a a bad hand
1: of cards uh, courtesy of your opponent. Oh, I totally agree, and not just for your opponent, but if you just pick four cards that don't quite work so well with the four cards that they gave you, I mean, it's just very lucky, right? So you can get very lucky or very unlucky. um There is a level of skill involved, I will say, because if you know how to play cards, it gives you a better chance, but not a lot of people know the gamut of you know cards that that exist in this game well enough to play them in a the deck <laughs> mm-hmm um. Aside from that, there was the wizard challenge, and the cool thing about the wizard challenge was that this was a pure deck build, right, and it required you to include the wizard in your deck, so unlike the draft challenge, where where it was the hog rider challenge, only one person had the hog rider, right, because you can either draft it for you or draft it for for your opponent. Right. Um, I guess there was a glitch where some people could have two hog riders, but, you know, that's neither here or there, but... With the Wizard Challenge, they required you to have it in there. So it was kind of like the, the Electro Wizard Challenge. Do you remember that? Where they gave you a deck, you had seven yes. slots open, and one card locked in? Yeah, and that's how we wound up with a meta that everybody figured out within, like, ten minutes. Yes! Now, here <laughs> is the biggest issue, dude, right? Because if you have a locked-in Wizard that costs five Elixir, l- let me ask you a question. What card do you think counters the Wizard very, very well? uh lightning lightning not only does it counter it it destroys it right it's mm-hmm. like a severe hard counter so the first card that people would put in their deck is the lightning because right. they wanted to counter their opponent's wizard and then oh by the way if you know someone's running a lightning spell you're probably going to throw in the battle ram yeah that's a good point or beefy cards that aren't going to get impacted all that much by the lightning mm-hmm. for example the knight the bowler the baby dragon, things of that nature. Right. right? So like you said, this very, very quickly turned into a metagame all in and of itself. And just like the Battle Ram Challenge and the Electro Wizard Challenge, it kind of seemed like people were playing the other seven cards in their deck, but not playing the Wizard for the (laughs) Wizard Challenge. But, you know, it was still fun nonetheless. I did wind up getting uh, six wins without any losses, which was super cool. I was very excited about it. Good Um, for you. Thank you very much. But it was an awesome, awesome challenge. And I did like that it was different from draft just because it was fresh, right? Mm-hmm. The next challenge was the double elixir draft challenge. Now, we know what double elixir is. We know what draft challenge is. And when you combine the two, it makes for a very interesting game, right? But the thing that I want to point out about this challenge... Oh, I actually know. I actually know because this was
0: something that I noticed while I was away and it was ridiculous and it made me go oh, I wish I could play. Like, all I want to do is play, but I just didn't have the time. We got some
1: pretty serious one-time rewards this time around, right? Super serious one-time rewards, and they were all in the form of... Gold. Gold. And gold is such a crucial thing to have in this game, especially when you're trying to progress throughout throughout the ranks, right? I heard the exchange rate on gold is going up this year, so yeah. Cle- clearly its mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> And the cool thing was like every two wins, you got something else. So it was like 4,000, then it doubled 8,000, then it doubled 16,000, then it doubled 32, then it doubled 64. So at the end of the day, if you won all of your games, you got like 120,000 gold. It was ridiculous. That's amazing.
0: That is amazing.
1: And oh, by the way, they gave you the first round free. So it's possible you got all of that with no cost at all to you. After that, it did cost 100 gems to get in. Which I did think was a little bit pricey, but to be honest with you, for 100 gems to have the chance at all of those one-time rewards was just, in my mind, way too much value to turn down.
0: Yeah, that's true, especially if you were successful enough to get it on like the first or second try.
1: Totally agree. And I think that the gold rewards were just so awesome because it leads us into our last change in challenges. I, mm-hmm. I won't really go too much into the mini P.E.K.K.A. challenge. They did have the mini P.E.K.K.A. challenge, but it wasn't much different than any of the other challenges, right? Right. But one thing that we did see... Do you remember before you went to London, they would have these mini challenges, and the shop would give you like a special shop offer, right? Yes.
0: Do you remember what that offer was? Uh, not off the top of my head, but I know that there were two different offers per card or per challenge.
1: It was 200 gems for 50 rare cards... 380 gems for 100 more rare cards. Mm, and those mm-hmm. are cool offers, but they cost gems. And gems are not a fluid thing in this game, right? right? Like if you wanted to get like 100 gems in this game just by opening chests, how long do you think that would take you? You get like maximum two or three gems per chest if if you do get any at all. Yeah, right. The operative
0: word being if.
1: If, right. So what they did for these most recent challenges is they changed the gem offer To a gold offer. So now you can get 50 or 100 cards for 4,000 or 7,500 gold. Now, let me put that into perspective for you. Are you ready for this? I think so. If you were to get 50 rare cards from the shop without any special offers, it would cost about 25,000 gold. But with these mini challenges, you can get 150 rare cards for a little over 11,000 gold. You're getting triple the amount of cards for less than half of the gold cost of what the shop would normally be. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Insane value. Now, when you look at how they, how they translated the, the gem cost of that special offer into gold, it winds up being pretty similar, Mm -hmm. but the difference dude is just that people have so much more gold than they do gems. Right. It's way easier to get gold. I feel better spending gold than I do gems with the pile and pile of gold that they gave me from the double elixir draft challenge. I'm happy to spend it. So I thought that that was super, super cool.
0: Yeah, hopefully now that I'm uh, now that I'm back, I can partake in some of these challenges. I didn't really get a chance to play the mini P.E.K.K.A. challenge because I've just been so busy catching up on work, Um, but I am looking forward to it. And since there hasn't really been too much happening in the game other than these challenges, it's it's probably a good time. Plus, all of these challenges help balance out the, uh, the card leveling problem that we've been talking about
1: on this show. Right, right, where the, the commons are overleveled mm-hmm. compared to the rares just because the rares are so much harder to get. Well, not anymore if every week they're giving you 150 rares. So it's, it's an awesome, awesome challenge, and I love the events, and I, I really, really hope they continue doing them.
0: Right. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think that it's, I'm pretty sure I said it on the last episode, if not the uh, the episode before that, but I think that these kinds of challenges need to stay in the game and they just need to cycle the card and, uh, you know, how you pick your deck, like the style of the actual challenge. Um, It does get me wondering, though, that they may need to come up with a new style of picking deck because I feel like draft challenge eventually is going to get boring and... Uh, bring your own deck is also what you do in the regular ladder, so it's no different from any other version of the game. Uh, I feel like there may need to be something else, I'm just not entirely sure what that is. Maybe you could open up a random chest in a challenge, and it just gives you a random deck, and you don't know what the cards are until you open that chest.
1: I like it. Or, or what you can do is you can have, like, you can, you know how, like, they have the draft chests now? where you mm-hmm. can like open up the draft chest and it'll give you two options and you can pick from it. Yeah. When you get into the game, they should give you two options of pre-created decks and you should be able to pick the one that you want to play.
0: Yeah, that would be cool. Also, you know what else would be crazy? If they came up with a challenge that you played, let's just say, I don't know, I'm just spitballing here because I, I, this is kind of fun now that we're doing it. Um, You start with one deck and then in double elixir, you get a new deck. A whole new deck? Yeah, like let's say you pick Oh, ah, you pick ah, a deck. Wait, yes. Wait, 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 you I know where you're deck. going with you this. Essentially, you essentially pick two decks. You get two decks and you start with whichever one you want to start with. And then you finish with, with, ever, with the other one when you're done with the first deck.
1: Yeah, that'd be awesome. It's so complicated, but it would be <laughs> so awesome. I don't,
0: I don't know. I don't, I don't think it would be that complicated, especially if you, if you have the decks built already. Maybe they just need to be built before you actually
1: start playing. I don't know. They could figure yeah, it out. It's their I, game. But what if you're about to like play a card and then all of a sudden your deck changes and you're just like, oops.
0: No, maybe it like has a timer, like a timer comes up that starts going 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, you know, but it says deck will change in 10, 9, And then if you're holding a card, your cards just poof, they're gone. New cards. I see so many people getting so upset about that, but <laughs> that's, that's why it's a challenge. And that's why when you first do it, they make the first entry free. So people can't freak out. Boom.
1: Mm hmm, mm hmm, mm hmm.
0: And a couple of weeks ago, we had the Crown Championship, right? Which was the giant uh, bracket style tournament, or at least, you know, it turns into a bracket style tournament, uh, officially brought to you by Supercell for Clash Royale. Um, but they had the first rounds over the last week, week and a half. Um, and <laughs> needless to say, I didn't make it into the bracket play. I did get close, though. I got like top. 40, which you had to get top 20 in one of the tournaments, correct? But you, sir, you did it. You made it to top 20
1: uh, and wound up playing in brackets, The I, I guess, last Saturday, right? That's right. So there was the open play, and I got 11th in my tournament. So I beat a whole bunch of people. I don't know how it happened, but I wound up using a golem beatdown-style deck, and it was just super, super fun. And... I gotta admit, I did get a, I uh, get a little lucky here or there, but, but you know, I, I, I fortunately, I made it. And then most recently, because I got eleventh in the tournament and top twenty, I did get put into the bracket play. And the way that the bracket play works is you're you're with a bracket of a thousand, I, I think it's one thousand twenty four people, right? And you had to leave the clan to do this, right? Right. So you basically have to leave the clan. I had to make somebody else the leader, and and we did that with our elders, right? And I joined the CCGSNA clan. And from there I went onto the Smash GG website where they were pretty much hosting and facilitating this thing. Mm-hmm. And I found the people that I was matched up against. And basically once you're in the clan, you just work with that person. You both see each other in the website who you should be playing. You just post, you know, your request, your friendly match or whatever, and you just write their name in the in the in the clan for them to join. And you play a best of three. And whoever wins two. Moves on, and whoever loses to, you know, they, they, they're out of the bracket. So, who monitors that? There is a CCGS admin within every single bracket, right? Okay. So, every clan is technically a bracket. Okay. And they had a whole bunch of clans, as you can imagine. And eventually, it narrows itself down slowly but surely to the top 32. And needless to say, I did not make it to the top 32. If I would have won two more matches, I would have gotten to the top 32. So, I actually made it to the third round of bracket play, which is where I lost. If I, Dude, are you ready for this? If I would have won my the match that I lost, I would have played tag from Nova Esports get to, get out to, of the, here. to get to the finals. And I just wanted to do it so that I could lose and be like, that's my <laughs> coach. That's my coach right there. <laughs> yeah, that's not
0: considered win training.
1: Uh, right? I mean... I I would have had no shot to beat him, but all I wanted to do was play him.
0: <laughs> you would have had to let him win. That would have been amazing. Or you could have right. really tried, but he would have known how you play, so.
1: Yeah, he, he's got a, he's got an advantage on me. Yeah, but, and you know he would have he, you know he would have brought it. Oh, for sure. And the cool thing about the top thirty-two is that once you get to that point, they basically have streamers on Twitch like in Chatten who are streaming it live. Or, you know, Abe plays games. All of these people that are That are synced up with Clash Royale that live stream these things happening. So even the average Joe, like you and I, who never make it to the top 32, even us who don't get there, can still watch and live through them and just see what these people are doing. And man, I gotta tell you, the decks that they are using and how well they play them are just insane. Mm -hmm. Just to quickly summarize this up basically, there were eight days of brackets. I played in day two. And how it works is if you win your day, you're basically put into a bucket of eight players per region. So North America has eight players, You know, Latin America has eight players, EU has eight players, etc. And eventually, those eight players per region mm-hmm. will all play against each other to see who the top player is in that region. That gets narrowed down to six total players, one from each region, who are the top, in theory, top six people in the world that bracket off best of, I don't know if it's best of three or best of five matches to see who the ultimate crown champion is. That sounds really intense. It is intense, dude, but, and I like the style. Like, I like that they give people the ability to, you know, from different countries and different areas of the world to get involved and to, you know, know, the top player from each area to say who's the best in the world, right? Mm -hmm. But in doing so, I think it limits a little bit the potential for who gets there right because it's possible that the top i'm making this up but it's possible that the top eight players in the world are from eu or they're from na but Mm -hmm. in theory only one of them can make it there you know what i mean
0: yeah that's that's a really good point i mean i see
1: what you're saying but that's
0: also how like major sports work in like the Olympics, right? You get like a team of people that get to go, but you're, you essentially start at sectionals. Then if you get top two in sectionals, you move on to nationals. If you get top two at nationals, you go to the Olympics. So there may be four other people that are amazing by all standards in the main country. Uh, but you
1: know, what are you going to do? No, you're right. And I didn't think about it like that. Like at the end of the day, this creates the best global competition. And that's what this game is. It's a global game with global competition. And I love the crown championship. I love how they're doing it. I think I think it has its kinks and nothing is ever going to be perfect. But I, I can't stress this enough. I love how they did this and I cannot wait for more. No, I I I love it too. It, it almost, because of how
0: chaotic it is, like I'm always against leaving the clan to go do anything. I almost wish that they could have figured out a way to build this feature into the game, the actual client. So that way it was something where you just had something attached to your name or your tag or your profile that just knew it was going to match you up based on a, a bigger algorithmic system somewhere. And that's just how it worked. But, you know... Take what you can get, I guess. Totally agree. All right, so that pretty much does it for everything that's been happening in the last two and a half weeks. Uh, I don't have any chests, do you? I have no chests because I have not played ladder matches since hitting five thousand, so I have no chests. That's that's a that's a good point. Um, I think it's worth mentioning that I did open up a clan chest, and I wish we recorded when we were doing this, but you know, poor timing. Uh, I got a Sparky in my
1: clan chest. Can I ask you a question? When you open up a Sparky out of your clan chest, I know it's a legendary, but is it a good feeling or is, is it a like, bad feeling? Is this like if a tree falls in the woods and there's no one around to hear it, does it make a noise? I'm not sure if that's an analogy that I would say <laughs> relates, but I would say yes. <laughs>
0: oh, yes. Uh, I think you do get it. I mean, I got excited because it's a legendary. And dude, I always, when I get one, especially in in a situation like that, yes, I'm not happy that it's a Sparky. I'm just happy that it's a Legendary because think about how we used to complain so much about never getting Legendaries. And now I go down to the bottom of my card list and I'm only missing two. And what are the two? Ironically, I'm missing the Ice Wizard still, which is ridiculous. No. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, And then the Inferno Dragon.
1: I am missing the Inferno Dragon too.
0: Yeah, and then in a week, I technically will be missing three. Uh, because the Night Witch is set to come out.
1: Are you excited about the Night Witch? I cannot wait for this card. Although, um, first let
0: me just say that I'm sure there'll be a challenge, and I'm sure you'll get the card, which will make me so mad, um, because I won't get it. But What do you mean? You're going to get it, because there's going to be a challenge where you have to win 12 games, and you'll get it on your first try, or your second try, or your third try. The point is... You will get it, and I will make it to like seven or eight wins and just be bitter about the whole thing. It's a very bittersweet
1: moment. I hate those challenges. So you've effectively, you've effectively summarized our next episode. So those of you who are listening now, you may or may not want to listen to that episode because Rob's just completely, go, he's given the, uh, the cliff notes on it.
0: Well, yeah, I try. Um, but the thing, the, thing, the thing that has been throwing me off is, and I'm not sure why they did it this way, and maybe it's just me because I'm being weird, you can tell me. Why would they release the Night Witch first when we know that there are bats? And the bats are going to be the second card. Meanwhile, she spawns bats. She's going to be spawning a unit that's not in the game yet. Well, that's one way to think about it.
1: That's the way I'm thinking about it. But then the other way to think about it could be, what if she is the reason that the bats are implemented into the game? What if she creates the bats and that's why they are there? And it's kind of like what came first, right? The chicken or the egg. (laughs) And you're never going to have a correct answer with that. And so like, if you say the Night Witch or the bats, I I just assimilate that to the chicken or the egg. And however you want to argue it, you probably could. So however they did it, I think I'm fine with.
0: Hmm.
1: Hmm. Plus, if you give me the opportunity to get a Legendary sooner than later, I will take it because it takes forever to get them.
0: True. I guess I just figured that it made more sense to introduce the card that it's spawning first before you release the actual spawning card. Also, it would have been nice to have the legendary as the last smack with all the cards being released.
1: I will not argue that point, because it is a very good point.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I try and make those every once in a while.
1: Well, I mean, what you know, it's just not every day that you can make soup out of nuts, you know what I mean? (laughs) Is that, is I'm that not the sure what that means. Right? That's the saying we're going with? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not really sure what it means, but that's what I'm going with. All right. Um,
0: so, yeah, I mean, I guess other than that, um, we have a meta check, right? Meta check. So from our boy, Lord Christmas, Sir Devin, he has created our meta check for the last week. You want to give us a rundown? Let's do
1: it. Okay, so surprise, surprise, guess what? The Log is obviously the number one used card at 64%, which is just nuts. And again, this is at the top 25 ladder decks at the current moment when Devin checked the meta. We won't go too much into this because we talk about it every single week. The Log is just very good, and if you're not using it, you probably should reconsider what cards you're using in your deck.
0: I wonder if there's going to be a change with The Log, considering how often it's used.
1: And that's a very good point. I still don't think that they fixed the bug where it is uh where the the length that it rolls is reduced, um right. but it still doesn't allow you to throw it over or on top of a building. I do think once you get rid of how far it rolls, the value becomes less impactful, right? Because you can no longer get a goblin gang and a princess that are on your tower and at the bridge and it just overall will kill less things or hit less things that are coming down your side of the map. And oh, by the way, right now you can throw a log at things that are coming at your tower and still hit the opponent's tower. Over a course of a match, that's incredible chip damage. And if you reduce the the length that it rolls, well, then you might not hit the tower every time, right? So it just becomes a little bit less value. And I think that's what the card needs in order to stop being used so much.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And they did say that it would take a game update, like a client update, in order to fix that. So it looks like, I mean, hopefully we won't have to wait too long, but it looks like we're going to wait a
1: little while for that to actually change. Totally agree. So do yourself a favor and do not hold your breath. But for now, you probably should be using it in your deck. But that's enough for the log. Let's roll on and let's talk about, you see what I did there? See what I, I did see there? it. Yeah, oh, I see it. You're, you're making dad jokes over here. The Goblin Gang has now tied the skeletons for the second most used card at 44%. Wow. Dude, the Goblin Gang offers tremendous defensive capabilities. It is just so good against so many cards. The fact that it does not totally get taken out by a zap is tremendous. But
0: it does get taken out by the number one card pretty it does easily. Get-
1: it does get taken out by the log, but when you compare the other swarmy-type card, that's the Skeleton Army. If you compare the Skeleton Army to the Goblin Gang, it's just not even comparable. You have six troops in the Goblin Gang that attack both ground and air and do not all die to a zap, whereas right. with the giant, with the Skeleton Army, you've got a, a bunch of little guys running, a bunch of little Larrys running around <laughs> with a bunch of swords, but they all die to a two-cost uh, zap or a two-cost log. Right. So, Ultimately, you're just not getting the same value. Plus, they only attack ground, not air. So, the the, the Goblin Gang is being used much more often, and there's a good reason for it. And I, I would say that this is probably going in that direction as we continue to move forward with the meta. Did anything slide down the list? A few, actually. So, get this. Do you remember when we were talking with Woody? We, we mentioned that the best tank in the game was the Giant. I do remember that. Well, not so much anymore. That has gone down 10% in the current meta. Now, don't get me wrong. The giant is a very good card with still very good stats. But I think ultimately people are finding different uses for different cards Mm -hmm. that serve as tanks that are cheaper. For example, they're using the knight more to tank for a graveyard. Yes. Um, And that has become more popular, so we're seeing the knight go up for three cost as opposed Mm -hmm. to a giant serves obviously a different purpose, but can serve similar roles in certain decks. Fair. Um, The other one that's really interesting is the Musketeer. A couple of weeks back, this was used 31% of the time. A little bit after that, it was used 23% of the time. And now we're down at 16% of the time. Ooh. Less than half of the time being used. And I attribute this mostly to the fact that the 2.6 Hog Cycle deck is not being used as much anymore. Mm-hmm. And the fact that people are using the Mega Minion in these kinds of decks, because it's an Air Troop, costs three, and does very good single-target damage.
0: Right. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, The Air Troop definitely gives it an advantage. Totally agree.
1: And, you know, since more and more people are not using the, the 2.6 Hog Cycle deck, the Musketeer is just not being used as much. But here's another thing. The Musketeer is probably not being used as much because guess what card is also being used a lot more now? I don't know if I could guess that. This is like guessing guessing the lottery numbers. Well, you don't have to guess because I'm going to tell you, it's Good. the lightning, dude. The lightning is just wow. super value, dude. It I is, should have guessed that, actually. It's <laughs> tremendous value. And it really makes cards like the Musketeer, like the Wizard, like the Witch, like even the Mega Minion in certain instances, right? Unplayable. Mm-hmm. Um... Because it just gets one-shotted along with another card, and oh, by the way, it does 300 and so damage to your tower at tournament standard. So, um, I I think this card is really stifling the meta a little bit. Woody mentioned it when he was on our cast, and I don't think any changes have happened since then, Um, but I do think it's being incorporated a lot more into decks. So, you know, you're going to see trends like that when, when when the meta shifts and certain spells are being used, it just makes certain troops unable to be played. And when that happens, you find these decreases and increases very quickly within the meta. Last
0: one, was there a card on that list that surprised you?
1: Yes, and that card is the Hog Rider. Now let me tell you this, the Hog Rider is still the number one win condition card that is a troop in any deck. But let me tell you, the percentage that it's being used in decks has gone down 7%. And Hmm. here's why I think. Because the 2.6 Hog Cycle deck (laughs) is no longer being used? Nope, because the the Hog Rider is used in a lot of different kinds of decks, like Zap, Bait, and all of those kinds of decks, right? Uh Uh-huh. But here's here's the critical thing. There is a spell that has recently become much more well-known, much more widespread, and much more included in the meta, and that is the Tornado. The Tornado is a 3-cost spell that can be used to activate the King Tower against a 4-cost Hog Rider. And then, oh, by the way, once that King Tower is activated, you can spend three Elixir, pull the Hog Rider into the middle of the map, and kill it with your three towers and take no damage. So every single time it gets played, you develop a positive Elixir trade. It makes it very difficult for your opponent to play with this card, and obviously you can still win, but I mean, it just, it's, it's very, very hard. And so you're going to see the, the Hog Rider, I think, go down in the ranks over the next couple of weeks in the meta check.
0: That was fantastic. Um. Nice job. And nice job to Lloyd Christmas for always pulling this together week after week,
1: even if we're not recording an episode. It's
0: nice for us to just see that stuff.
1: Totally agree. Thank you so much, Devin. We truly appreciate it.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's move on to our... Deck spotlight. Deck spotlight. Boom. And we got a pretty serious deck for you called Splash Yard. So I'm sorry to keep doing this to you. I know I keep making you talk, uh, but to be fair, you are the one that's been around for the last two weeks. I've not really been in it.
1: That's what happens when you take two weeks off, man. Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I gotta say, my, my voice is getting a little, uh, <laughs> I, I need some like tea and honey tonight, but it's, it's fine. <laughs> I, I'll take one for the team on this one. And I'll I'll just, I'll boom it.
0: I appreciate it. Yeah. So, without further ado, it is a 3.6 average elixir cost deck. And it contains the Graveyard, the Bowler, the Baby Dragon, the Tornado, the Poison, Skeletons, Electro Wizard, and, last but not least, the Knight. So, where did you find this deck? Because I
1: don't think we have ever featured a deck that had the Tornado. I think you're right, <laughs> and I will say this. This deck became prominent and very well-known to me when I lost to it twice ah. in the CCGS tournament.
0: Okay, fair. Well, I felt it, it, it threw me off,
1: man. I, I saw Tornado as
0: I'm going down the list in the cards, and I just, I don't know, I got like the... The shivers up my spine. I felt really weird reading it.
1: You got the heebie-jeebies for the Tornado?
0: <laughs> well, for two reasons. One, because we've never, like, really talked about it in a deck before, but two, it ain't called the Tornado. It's the
1: Lognado. So, seeing Tornado, it just threw me off. Lognado! Lognado! Yeah, dude. So, I gotta be honest with you. Not only did I lose to this deck multiple times, but then when I watched it on Twitch for the live stream for the top you know, 32 bracket, it was played so much by really? the top players. And I got to be honest with you, man. This deck is very technical. Hmm. It is not a simple deck to use. It is not a small learning curve. There is a very big learning curve. But the amount of things that you can do with this deck, the kit that it has for offense and defense mm-hmm. is tremendous. Well, I, th- I,
0: think our, I think our listeners are up for the challenge.
1: Which is why I've selected it for the deck. Spotlight.
0: Good, because I need to know how to use this deck. I need
1: a deck that I can switch between a new deck and the Mortar Mauler deck. But I will say this. I've been using this deck in the challenges, mostly in classic, because I don't really like spending all that many gems on on grand challenges, um, because they're a little bit expensive. But in classic challenges, I get 10, 11, or 12 wins every single time I play in them. Because this deck is just super solid.
0: It seems like it's super solid. So do you want to take us through each of the cards and just kind of give us a rundown on how each one plays with each other?
1: Right. So first, what I will say is that this deck is typically going to be defensive in nature. Okay. Do you remember how the Growler played where you had a bowler and you had some other cards that played defensively, right? Mm-hmm. Well, with this deck, it's very similar. You don't want to. Let out your hand too early because you don't want to throw out, you know, a four cost baby dragon or a four cost electro wizard or a five cost bowler before you know what your opponent's doing. Okay. So at the beginning of the game, if you don't have anything to do because your opponent hasn't done anything and you can't react, all you should really do is cycle your skeletons and wait. And if nothing happens for the first, you know, 30 seconds of the game, just be patient because typically someone will play something. Whatever they throw down, you can counter. And the other thing with this deck is that it is not a lightning-prone deck, right? Mm. You do have one card that will get killed by the lightning, and that is the Electra Wizard. But right. otherwise, your knight, your bowler, and your baby dragon will survive that. Right. So just something to keep in mind, given the, the beatdown-style decks that, that come our way uh, you know, in this current meta. So let's go through card by card and just talk about how each one works. Okay. First card up is the bowler. The bowler should simply be used on whatever lane your opponent is attacking. If they throw anything down on their side of the map, you're probably going to want to throw your bowler on that side of the map as well, so long as it's a ground troop. Okay. If they throw air troops down, you're likely going to throw out the baby dragon. The baby dragon is, it's very good, right? I think people underestimate the the value that a baby dragon can have. And in this deck, you don't have like a quick uh you know a, a quick spell that'll clean up, you know, minions per se. You do have the poison, but if minions get on your tower, poison's not going to kill them fast enough to prevent the damage, right? And the the cool thing about the baby dragon And the bowler is that they both have splash damage, Mm -hmm. which is why this deck has the word splash in it. Splash yard. Ultimately, you're going to want to play your deck defensively with your bowler, your knight. You're going to use the knight to soak up some damage and redirect things that are coming your way. Keep damage off of your tower. Keep damage off of your bowler and keep damage off of your baby dragon. So you would use the knight to
0: keep the the other troops off of the bowler while the bowler pushes troops away from the knight, and then the baby dragon is kind of helping all around.
1: Exactly, dude. Okay, I think I got it. No, and that's good, and don't forget, you do have an electro wizard that's there to help you on defense that just stuns everything. So you have a bowler pushing things back, you have a knight tanking, and then, oh by the way, you've got a baby dragon that's doing splash damage, and an electro wizard that's stunning things. I mean, at the end of the day it makes it very hard for your opponent to do anything at all, Mm -hmm. right? But now here's the key. You cannot be afraid to lose your knight. Because at the end of the day, your knight is simply a tank used to support your other troops. It's meant to take damage. It is meant to not deal massive damage. And it is meant to die. Because your main push is either going to be your baby dragon or your bowler. In a perfect world, you'll have both if it's double elixir. You'll have your your Electro Wizard behind that, and eventually, as soon as either one of your your bowler or your baby dragon cross the river, you splash down your graveyard. You're going to throw a poison and or a tornado on the tower. And dude, I got to tell you, the amount of damage that comes through in a very short amount of time is insane. Because you have a bowler, you have a baby dragon dealing splash damage to a tower, that has the tornado pulling everything into the center of it.
0: It's like in the middle of a hurricane, that tower.
1: Right? So you literally have ground and air splash damage, plus a tornado doing splash damage and getting the troops in position for your bowler's boulder and the baby dragon to also hit the tower. So you want to drop the graveyard
0: first, and then... I'm just trying to make sure that I understand because there's three spells that are... Going to be going over the same area, right? And so, it's very
1: difficult to use, right? So, right. So
0: and and you don't you only have ten elixir. So I'm just trying to figure out how that actually works.
1: That's a great point. So on defense, you're gonna play your defensive cards. You're gonna play the knight down. You're gonna play the bowler down. And if you can, you're gonna. But don't forget, you can't do all of this in normal elixir time. Right. I'm talking a perfect scenario in double elixir time. In single elixir time, you may only be able to have one of these things out, right? Like your baby dragon or your bowler, right? Mm-hmm. But in double elixir time, you can use, you can develop a bowler in the in the back and then use your your baby dragon just to defend whenever you need to. And then wait for those things to go across the map. If you have 10 elixir, you drop the graveyard, that's five. You wait for them to play something. By the way, you're generating elixir here. You play a three cost tornado and a poison and it's game over, dude. They have to be able to play that so well to defend it that it's almost impossible. If you can get your push going, it is almost impossible to defend.
0: So then I'm assuming that the skeletons are just playing the role that they normally would, which would be to stop things with charge or just to defend against a mini P.E.K.K.A. or
1: uh, distract elite barbarians, things like that. That's right. And don't forget, typically your opponent's going to run a zap or a log, but not both, right? Right. And most of the time, because you have so many large troops... The only thing that they're going to be using their zap or log for is your graveyard, because if they don't, they're dead. So you can use your skeletons more comfortably after they use their log or after they use their zap to kill their big tanks. It makes it for a much easier game if you do that. Well, right. Plus, even
0: if they do go about destroying your skeletons, it's only one elixir. So you'll get you'll get back to it fairly quickly and it's easy to recover from.
1: And oh, by the way, you just generated a positive elixir trade because you spent one cost of elixir and they spent more to kill them.
0: Right. Minimum of two to kill skeletons. With a spell, I should say.
1: That's right. And this deck is just super, super good. I got to tell you, dude, like when I first started playing it, I didn't really understand it. The tornado, it is used in such a good way, right? Like it's good on offense, but it's good on defense. Mm -hmm. You can use it to pull, just like you're doing to the tower, you can do it with a whole bunch of troops and just defend with it you can also pull a hog rider into the tower you can i mean the the amount of things you can do with with the tornado is crazy you can look up on youtube and see all of the different placements for it and just see how to get the most value out of it but this deck is such a high skill cap that i did not do so well at the very beginning and it took a couple of tries to get it but once you get the hang of it you can very easily get 10 wins per shot in challenges uh yeah, well I could see
0: why. Uh I think most decks that contain the Tornado uh do have a relatively high skill cap. And then c- combine that with a graveyard um and then something like the Electro Wizard, I think I think this deck would have a pretty high skill cap. But overall I'm pretty impressed and honestly I cannot wait to try it um because I do love my Mortar Mauler and I'm going to continue using it. Uh but I th- I do think I need another deck that I can switch back and forth with. Um, and I think this will give me a lot to sink my teeth into
1: all i will say is this there is a reason why the top players in the world are using it it is a hard deck to play but it is super effective just give yourself some time and go with the flow learn from the mistakes and i'm sure it'll work out for you nice uh and we have uh some reviews to go over um
0: the main review that I wanted to read, uh, I actually I, I really liked it. Um, it's from CoSour YT, uh, and they write Clash Tastic. Uh and they are from the US, uh, and they write, This is my favorite podcast for a number of reasons. They have great in-depth reviews of all the new Clash Royale news, and with their chest openings and deck reviews, you feel like you're there recording with them. This podcast has all the right ingredients for a fun, family-friendly podcast he politely asked for his clan to uh, get a shout out, which is Hog Sanctuary. Uh, Just look for Kosauer underscore YT. Um, And then he says, uh, but back to the point, this is a great podcast that will greatly supply you with all your Clash Royale needs.
1: So Kosauer, thank you so much for the review. We truly appreciate the kind words and we love the fact that you like the chest openings, the deck spotlights. We're glad that you feel like you're a part of it when we're recording. We have a lot of fun doing it. and We're glad that you enjoy it. But dude, His clan is Hog Sanctuary. Anything Hog-related, I'm a huge fan of.
0: Well, of course you are, and so am I. And I think most of the people here listening would agree
1: that this is a fantastic name for a clan. Hog Sanctuary. All one word, Hog Sanctuary. So if you guys are looking for a clan, check it out. CoSour. And I agree with you. I think that my favorite part as well is the fact that they feel
0: like they're recording with us, which is kind of the feel that we've been wanting, right? We're the casual podcast. So we want everybody to feel like they're just hanging out uh, in our den, you know, sipping some tea, some crumpets and just uh, some crumpets, some tea and crumpets. And, uh, you know, just just playing some clash, talking clash, kick back, relax and enjoy some CR, baby. Let's go kick back and clash. That should be a slogan somewhere.
1: I like that.
0: That's good. Kickback and clash. That's good. CBC. No, it's not C. KBC. Well, you were close. I can't but, spell. <laughs> but that's okay. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. It's fine. Ac- acronyms aren't my strong suit. But um, <laughs> huge, huge shout out to the other uh, people that had left us iTunes reviews. We greatly appreciate it. Huge um, thank you to T-Dog, Crow, Devamore, and Captain Carrot, all from the U.S., um, we truly appreciate you guys taking the time to write us a review. Um, as we always say, leaving us an iTunes review, especially a positive one, helps us reach more people because it helps us rise up in the iTunes rank. Um, and I guess we should start calling it Apple Podcasts, right? Because they changed the branding to the podcast app. So they did. we should, yeah, we should ask for we should ask for reviews on Apple Podcast now.
1: Apple Podcasts,
0: please. Mm-hmm sounds so proper. It's a
1: very proper.
0: proper proper term.
1: Do us a favor and please drink some tea and eat some crumpets while you give us a, a podcast review.
0: Leave us a proper podcast review. Thank you. <laughs> um, and we cannot forget that we got a new patron this week, Noah M., who spent their hard-earned money to support and become one of the backbone members of our show, Noah, thank you so much for, as we said, spending your hard-earned money. We really appreciate it. Um, It's people like you that help make this show completely possible. It cannot happen without the support of you and all of the other patrons that we have. Um, And you will, uh, if, if, actually, I already sent it to you. I'm pretty sure you got some cool swag. Um, So I hope you're enjoying that. And if anybody would like to become a patron for as little as $1 a month, You can help support the show, keep it going for every two weeks, and get some serious swag in return.
1: Couldn't have said it better myself. Noah,
0: boom. Boom. Um, And then also no PayPal tournament sponsorships this week. However, if you would like to sponsor a tourney, we would put the tournament in your name. Go to our website and look for the link that says PayPal, or just go to the bottom of the show notes because the link is there as well.
1: Dude, we still have to do Cameron's thing. Oh,
0: Solu, we need a tourney. Yeah, we got to do that. Oh, and last thing, um, for the eagle eye that may have noticed at the top of our episode uh, in the show notes and at the top of our website, our stuff is now being sponsored by Amazon. Um, so what this means is if you click on that link, it brings you to a version of Amazon that looks like every other version of Amazon. And when you do your regular shopping, a portion of your purchase helps directly support the show. And you don't have to spend anything extra. You just spend the amount of money that you would normally spend on your shopping. Except you'd be helping us out in the interim.
1: That's right. So for anyone that didn't want to become a patron and support us monthly, we do have the Amazon. So yeah, that is super, super cool. I can't believe that we had gotten that that affiliate-slash-partner-slash-link-sponsorship thingy-mabobber, but mm-hmm. super excited about it, and uh, and yeah, it's just a really, really awesome thing.
0: Yeah, if anything, it's just another way for people to support the show, especially if they don't want to make any monthly commitments.
1: Boom. Mm-hmm.
0: So that pretty much does it for the show. I'm really glad that we were able to make it to the end of the episode without some kabobble happening. Kabobble. It's my new word. And if you say it in an English accent, it sounds even
1: better. A kabobble. A kabobble. <laughs> so we had no kabobbles this episode. We had no pesky goblins stealing our stealing our loot. We must have rolled the number one log through them for this week. Clearly. Um, yeah.
0: So if you would like to join our clan, look for an open spot when we refresh every Saturday night into Sunday, sometimes early Sunday morning. Um, please write the word podcast in the invitation so we know that you came from here. If you have any feedback for us, you want to send us a comment, question, or concern, please send an email
1: to feedback at com. That's right. And if you'd like to reach out to us on Twitter, you can do so by using the handle at podcastroyal.
0: Yes. And we already uh, told you how to leave us an iTunes review, so... If you would like to join our Discord, make sure you look at the bottom of the show notes and click the link. It's castrailpodcastcom Discord, and then it'll bring you to a page. It'll give you directions on how you can join our Discord. You will get firsthand announcements before anybody else, so you know when things are happening with the podcast, with Joe and I, with the show, with the Discord, with the clans. Everything happens in the Discord, plus we have our schedule in there, so you can see when every episode is supposed to come out.
1: And on top of all of that, if that was not enough for you, we host tournaments in the Discord solely for the Discord members every week, multiple times per week. So if you'd like to take part in those, please, please, please join the Discord. That's right. And
0: we also still have our YouTube channel going. Um, The deck plays have been slowing down recently, but we do have the podcast coming up. Uh, every time we post on iTunes and on Google Play, so if you go to youtube.com/slash Podcast, you will find our channel and you can subscribe. And we really
1: would appreciate a subscribe. And as Rob mentioned, the deck plays have been slowing down just a bit, but be sure to check out the YouTube channel for some more sweet content moving forward. Mm-hmm. And we still have our Teespring Casperiel Year One
0: Edition shirts going. Um, so if you go to teespring.com slash year one edition, or if you just go to our website, there's a link at the bottom. Um, you can help support the show and you can get one of a kind limited edition, uh, t-shirts and a sweatshirt. Boom. All right. So if there is nothing else, is there nothing else? Some tea and some crumpets. I'm going to go have me some tea and crumpets right now. Are you? Well, just tea. Maybe not the crumpets part. I don't have crumpets. What about trumpets? No. I mean, maybe. I have to find a trumpet. Just finding one trumpet would be hard. Why would I try and find trumpets?
1: Well, that's correct. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, if there's nothing else, (laughs) we will see you next time for another HodgePodge of Everything! HodgePodge of Everything! Boom. Boom! Bye. Bye.